This is the Hot Metal Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Martin Sully, founder of Snapper Studio, a brand strategy and visual design studio in the heart of Newcastle, Australia. And I'm on a mission to help you gain clarity in your brand and confidence in what you're selling. From thoughtful, empowering brand strategies to defining powerful visual stories, I'll arm you with bite-sized branding tools to help you grow your brand and leave your own unique mark. Welcome back to the podcast. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a while. Um, my only excuses are that I've been incredibly busy uh, with my branding work and doing some website uh, designs and getting sort of, yeah, digging clients out of holes, um, which is a story for another day. But I wanted to jump on today because precisely this day last year, I put together a blog post, basically, yeah, looking at 12 trends to avoid in 2022 and why you should avoid trends as a, as a designer and for your brand. Now, this is a, a really interesting look back on the year and the year in design because actually some of the stuff I've said to avoid last year, I think actually probably happened and people avoided doing them. And subconsciously, whether that was uh, in part to the part of this blog, uh, potentially, um, but I think it was probably just a little bit of a analytical taking a look at what kind of works and what isn't going to be working and what people like to see and the trends that people tried to, that we're trying to avoid and not set trends. So that was the, that was the main goal for the blog post. Now, as a, as a kind of a second reflection, I've done the same blog post this year and looked at some of the, some of the things that people have been saying, let's go and, you know, these are going to be the graphic design trends for the year. I'm like, yeah, they're probably, it's, it's interesting. Um, but I think what I've reflected on this year is probably, yeah, super, super interesting. There's some really cool little points in there. Um, and I've kind of expanded it this year as well. So I'm going to keep the old blog on there. So if you want to go and look at it, I will drop a link um, below. And so you can go in and read the old blog because I know you like to read as well. And yeah, I'll put in the new one as well. So last year, design trends to avoid uh, were eco brands dropping the eco look. Now, the reason to avoid dropping the eco look is because people have become uh, so, uh, I guess, what's the word? Um, they're so, people are just so used to seeing that kind of eco feel. So it's got like the greens. Um, you know, all the sort of organic kind of colors that people just expect to see that to try and drop the eco look, like it doesn't make a lot of sense when people are actively looking for that to be a thing. Um, I also mentioned charming line drawings last year. Now, 
I don't really like the word charming. Um, but I think, yeah, people actively were getting more in-depth, more complex uh, illustrations and really expanding on that. So rather than using line drawings, like line drawings, meh, they've gone and kind of gone and done and it's very, um, it's very early sort of early to mid 2010 sort of time. They, people were drawing lots of icons and having lots of, um, yeah, line drawing icons. And I think they've probably taken a backseat on those more complex illustrations that have a bit more character and a bit more personality. And that's something that's kind of then goes into the next thing. Um, mischievous mascots. Now I don't think these have kind of dropped out and you know, the ones that I'm talking about there, the ones with like fruit with faces on and shoes that have been illustrated to have smiley faces and like they've kind of, yeah, they kind of pick up on a key part of the brand and kind of bring it to life. I think they stuck around and I don't, maybe on reflection, maybe that was wrong. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Branded memes, memes come and go. So that was something to kind of avoid. Um, just from a, a brand longevity perspective, doing something that memes are of the moment. So it's not, maybe that's maybe short term. It can work really well social media posts will use a lot of memes. Um, so that's not necessarily a bad thing and they can kind of build character. Um, but it, maybe that wasn't something to avoid. Potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. The next one, bold and muted, bold, but muted colors. Like how can the two exist together? Like you can't really have bold colors and muted colors, but Maybe I was looking at it too laterally at the time um, and that you can blend in bold and muted colours together. But then again, when you think about that, that's that really is just kind of creating a colour palette. So it doesn't really say a huge amount. Um, responsive logos was my one of my, the other points. Now why you should avoid responsive logos. Well, you shouldn't. And it wasn't a new trend. Like logos should have been, should be responsive and going back to, uh, probably about 2007, 2008 when smartphones started to become, uh, yeah, become available. The iPhone was created and people wanted, you know, websites all of a sudden need to be for small devices and they just didn't work using original logos. So lots of brands rebranded or created new versions of their logos. And if they didn't, and I know there's still quite a lot of them out there, then yeah, we should be looking at doing that now. Um, next one up was simplified fonts. When you look back at the year I think and I know I did this for a lot of um, my branding projects was looking at um, more complex fonts and custom typefaces for brands 
Now, I think this has been a massive thing that's increased, and I can expect to see that going forward next year as well. So, yeah, I love that. That's great. Um, the others on the list, yeah, kind of probably not that relevant, but what I want to now run into is, yeah, why I guess why you should avoid design trends. So, uh, yeah, designers... When they when they put together work, typically in the early stages of their careers, so when junior designers, they kind of, yeah, I guess bring their personal opinions and creativity into a project. And that's great. This is how we all learn. Um, because we need to put together uh, portfolio pieces to be able to then move to the next step in the ladder. And that's just... That's just the way the industry works. Um, you know, we, we've all we've all done. I've done it. I've put together designs that possibly don't quite fit the brief, um, but it's me looking at you know getting getting a piece together for my portfolio. Now, some of those things are also. If you're working in a team of, say, four or five designers, you might get two or three concepts coming out from those designers that they all individually work on. Now, even if you do a design that doesn't get pushed forward, you still have that work to use in your portfolio. And if you're happy with it and you can show off some of your skills and your talent, then that's okay and early stages that's why you look at design trends to see what's kind of current and relevant so what people want to see but for longevity purposes this is why you shouldn't be looking at design trends because trends fade quickly um and an interesting example was a friend of marketing um kind of yeah told me about a project that he was working on um, and in their last role, his last role, the company he was working with got rebranded. And in the strategy workshops, the design agency kind of gently guided them towards what they hoped the project would become. Um, so leaning them towards characteristics the design agency would like to see as opposed to listening to the customers uh, reflecting and then kind of yeah implementing a strategic visual identity that so they got a beautiful facelift um, but behind it all the same problems still existed so what still wasn't working properly and yeah, and this is why you shouldn't necessarily design with trends in mind. Um, because there's a there's a risk that if you're using trends, you can sit your brand exactly where everyone else is. Um yeah, so that's that's why you couldn't kind of shouldn't uh why you should avoid trends in a in a nutshell. Now, moving on to this year's trends, um, 
yeah, I, I've read through a bunch of a bunch of blogs to kind of yeah weigh up and see what other people are thinking. And don't get me wrong, like they're generally put together really well. They're all lots of you know beautiful examples of all the stuff that you should be doing. And but again, it's not going in the right direction. So. We are looking at, there's a, yeah, I've put together six kind of design trends that you're going to want to avoid. Now, this first one, I'm calling it piggyback branding. And don't fact fact check me on that. I don't think it's a new term. But uh, yeah, with the influx of kind of co-branding opportunities for businesses so you get involved say your brand gets involved in are you okay day or another one of those sort of mental health awareness days now i have no issues getting involved in those days but there's a there's a there feels like there's a an emphasis on sharing your involvement and being seen to not be involved can potentially be damaging too. But so, yeah, without me trying to be a bit controversial, making it work for your brand when it's somebody else's brand that you're working with can be really tricky. So I guess to consider if it fits your brand's vision and the perception you're trying to make does it does it all does it all fit together essentially now number two was looking at um new color palettes and obviously color palettes are kind of reflective of uh things that happen in the year sometimes and again people kind of Take, take inspiration from things that are happening. And 2022 was a pretty monumental year for uh, the royal family. Obviously, uh, Queen Elizabeth II died. Um, and next year's a coronation is due to happen. Some some point. I don't I'm not I don't know the dates. But I think on reflection, you're gonna see uh, an sort of on-trend set of colour palettes that kind of feature rich purples, goldy yellows, and probably probably some blues as well, some raw blues. Now, Pantone, who basically create colours from scratch and they have, they have you know, colour matching systems that are phenomenal. Um, we, as designers, designers use them pretty much most days. They will come across Pantone colors, um, because traditional CMYK printing, so that's your cyan, magenta, yellow, and black cannot create some of the, um, in particular oranges, greens, and shades of blue. Now, these are then given to printers and get, they get printed. Um, so they kind of bespoke colors that create new colors. Anyway, so you don't need to know the specifics of that, but each year they create a 
um, a colour of the year. And this year, funnily enough, whether it was a reflection on things that are happening, but they've gone for this like deep, rich, ready purple colour. And I'm like, it's it's the sovereign colour palettes that I'm gonna I'm saying are probably gonna happen. So it's interesting that that's actually they're kind of pushing people towards. Maybe it's just coincidence. Now, third, yep, sans serif fonts. So these are the ones that are like, so last year I said simplified fonts. I've gone a bit deeper. It said sans serif fonts. These are the ones without all the kicks and the flicks. These are still out in my opinion. If you're trying to make a statement and stand out, then I'm going to, I reckon you reach for your sketchbook and your pens and create custom typefaces that fit your brand. Um, and if you've never tried it, custom fonts for your brand are a great way to open up a world of expression and create something no one else can. So this is how I expect to, brands to set themselves apart this year. And I will be going further with this myself. Um, I saw, I saw an interesting one. This, the fourth one, metaverse inspired designs. And I think, um, this one may come back to bite me in the butt, but I, I'm not convinced that people are comfortable with the whole metaverse idea so much so that we want to try and integrate it into designs, um, and reflecting it early in your designs may have a negative impact on your brand because it's getting a lot of negative press um, with it currently. So I would just hold back on that one for the moment. Yeah, um, again, I think we've seen, like last year, it felt like mischievous mascots were back. Like they were back. So this year, right, I reckon put the elf back on the shelf. Um leave leave them leave them leave them be. Um I think we've all kind of seen a lot of vintage style illustrations of, you know, mascots on a surfboard or a skateboard and, you know, I think people are are kind of ready to move on. And a lot of brands adopted this approach to kind of add a little bit of personality. But I, honestly, I just want to see the people behind the business. I think that that in itself, I love exploring and finding out about the people. Like, there's only so much you can find out about a mascot. They don't have, unless you build it into them to have a really complex personality. And you could absolutely do that but it still doesn't feel quite right I and I've talked about it before on the on the podcast to humanize your brand like that's such a good thing to do um but whether you can work it with a mascot I'm not sure um and this one has to stop this is number six so the final one on the list Generic off-the-shelf logos and brands. Just stop. I mentioned Canva last year. Um, yeah, 
small businesses popped up everywhere trying to cut through the noise with a cookie cutter brand that just, yeah, fell off Canva. <laughs> like uh, how many, how many other businesses are kind of, yeah, picking out similar color palettes because whilst it's, um, whilst it's really easy to choose the color palettes, the color palettes that are pre-selected on Canva bits and pieces are all, like fit nicely together and if you're trying to if you're trying to start out i can fully understand you need to cut costs but at the cost of um standing out as much as you should do so yeah for me investing in a brand that's been professionally designed and backs you up with a set of brand guidelines is an absolute must do. And I'm not saying that because I design brands. Like I would happily, and I have got plans to look at um, hiring illustrators and stuff to work with me to, yeah, to put some really cool stuff together for my brand. So I'm going to be hiring experts that will help me out. And it's the same. I think it works both ways. I think it's a, a great step forward for your business in 2023 is to, um, yeah, potentially look at doing something like that. So yeah, running back through them again, we have, yep. Piggyback branding. So jumping on board, um, all those, all those particular days, um, trying to avoid rich sovereign color palettes, Avoiding sans serif fonts because everyone and his uncle has used them. And I don't think we're quite ready for metaverse inspired designs yet. Mascots, let's just stop the mascots and let's really, 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 really stop using um, off the shelf logos um, because they are not working uh, in the way that we hoped I will uh, yeah I will see you guys in the new year I am taking a couple of weeks break and I will be back with an in-person interview so this has been a long time in the making um, but I finally managed to snag my business coach John Marsh to yeah come and come and record a, an episode with me so that one is set to be awesome i hope you all have a beautiful christmas and if you're listening to this after christmas i hope you had a good christmas and new year and yeah we'll catch you soon ciao